Blog Talk Radio. Hi, good afternoon. It's Adriel Hampton, host of Government 2.0 Radio on Blog Talk Radio. I apologize for the late start today, a little bit of uh, technical difficulty, but we're here. Uh, these summer shows are slightly rougher uh, due to uh, some of our normal host and production crew uh, coming and going uh, with the uh, vacation season. Today we uh, are on with uh, Maxine Teller from Mixed Media Communications, as well as uh, Bob Ashley, who's a city administrator in Nova Scotia. And I'm going to bring uh, our folks on here. And uh, I want to apologize, uh, folks, for uh, excuse me to my guests uh, for the late start, but uh, we're all live on air now. And I want to thank you for joining me. Great, Adriel. Let's uh, wrestler on the line too, go Bloop. So uh, we're uh, we're ready to rock and roll. I think Maxine and Bob are uh, on the on the air. I hope. Yo, I'm here. I am here. All right, thanks, guys. My my apologies, and hey, no we're all good. We've got about uh, 40 minutes of our time here. I'm just and, glad you got uh, here because I was trying to light a fire in the backyard to do the smoke signal edition. Uh, the smoke signal but, <laughs> but, it, but it's raining, so I couldn't get the flint going, you know? <laughs> well, good to hear your voice, Bob. I, I yeah, think uh, we've been back and forth, but I've never uh, actually spoken to you uh, um, through the uh, the telephone lines here, so uh, welcome. Um, first, uh, Bob, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, your background. I'm definitely interested in how... how uh, long you've been in government and how you got involved in kind of the, the social media stuff. And um, so we'd love to hear that. Uh, well, I haven't been in government that long, actually, uh, about five years. And uh, my my background is a rather uh, convoluted path, so to speak. Uh, although I live in rural Nova Scotia now, I was uh, born and raised in uh, the metropolis of Toronto. And... Uh, so my, my the, the the main experience of my adult my child and and adult life has been uh, big city life. Uh, I'm right now chief administrative officer for the town of Berwick, uh, which is located in uh, the agricultural kind of breadbasket of of Nova Scotia's uh, Annapolis Valley. Uh, way back when, uh, I've done everything from drive a taxi cab in uh, in Toronto to uh, operating my own uh, photo lab business, uh, professional photo lab business in the, in the 70s and 80s. And uh, then I moved up to uh, Nova Scotia and became a sheep farmer, of all things. And uh, uh, the economics of that didn't line up, so I went back to school and uh, got myself a, an honors degree in uh, linguistics. And then uh, I did a master's in public public admin, and uh, then snagged the job here. At, uh, are you still there? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, the phone lines improved somewhat. And then I uh, got this job in in, uh, in Berwick. So uh, I think my my interest in, in Gov 2.0 comes from, uh, you know, dare I say it, you know, more urbane uh, uh, background because I, I think most of the participants in 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 this world are located in uh, in larger centers in in larger governments, and I know that uh, just in 
my own area here, uh, I'm still the only guy on Twitter in my position in the province, and I and I keep searching for colleagues across the country, and I'm not having a heck of a lot of luck with that. And uh, so that's a little bit frustrating for me. But uh, anyway, I think it's a, uh, you know an exciting new world, and and one of the reasons I think it's exciting is because I think that the uh, potential is basically limitless. Uh, we're we're in a we're in a really exciting time where uh, the imagination seems to be more important than than, than anything else. Uh, so we've got a lot of good minds, uh, a lot of creative people that uh, are uh, you know really putting their head together, heads together, and uh, coming up with some really fascinating. Uh, Ideas, but at the same time, I'm also one to be asking a lot of questions. So, as you know, in my Twitter stream, uh, uh, I'm I'm a bit of the court jester or buffoon, uh, the guy with the hat with the three floppy points and bells and motley colors and all that, uh, you know, and and, and uh, asking a lot of questions. And I think that's good. I always appreciate that you have uh, a very good heart about your your analysis and criticism and desire to participate and move things forward in a positive way. So, uh, it's, it's always a, a joy to read your tweets, especially as a fellow I kind of uh, humanities major, or I was a, a rhetoric major at Cal myself. Yes. Um, Maxine, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, what you're up to today. I know you're... Uh, Absolutely. Hey there. Hi. <laughs> Um, let's see, my background, also humanities background background, um, undergrad in sociology, and it's always amazing to me how these things come full circle. That's probably what I'm most interested in once again after years of focusing on business. It's really the culture piece that is most interesting to me. Um, after my undergrad work, I worked at a um, did, uh, strategic innovation consulting. So this is back in the 90s when people actually thought 10 years out before the internet. <laughs> and uh, I worked with big companies like Hewlett Packard and 3M and IBM to help them identify what trends would be impacting their businesses and help them to uncover unarticulated customer needs. What did customers need that they couldn't even talk about yet because they didn't have the words to explain it because um, it hadn't been invented yet? And helping organizations gain internal alignment in order to make these things happen. And this is very similar to what we're doing today with Government 2.0. Um, and so did uh, strategic innovation consulting out of Boston for about five years probably. And then uh, got my MBA from Georgetown and focused in new media and interactive space for a long time. I worked at WashingtonPost.com doing strategy and business development. Um, did consulting work for um, a number of companies including USA Today, XM Satellite Radio, and others, um, Comcast Cable, and uh, happened into government very randomly circa 2004. Um, I was looking for a new project and uh, really a new, a new full-time job, and I happened upon a project with the Department of Defense. They were launching the Pentagon Channel, which is the Department of Defense's cable television channel, but at the time, it was just an internal communications vehicle for military service members, DOD civilians, veterans, etc. And um, I started maybe two months before the channel was launched and was brought in initially to do marketing, consumer marketing, communicate the existence of this new channel 
to service members and others. And um, as the channel was launching, I, you know, we realized that there was a problem. There were 2.6 million members of the U.S. Armed Forces. Um, over half of those are Guard and Reservists. The other half are active duty. And the distribution strategy initially was kind of cool because it was to stream 24/7 live 24/7 online, which was very revolutionary in 2004. Although, as we know now, <laughs> who really wants to watch a 30 to 60 minute program? Uh, straight online. But um, also we were shipping satellite dishes and receivers to military bases around the country. Um, so if folks were active duty, they worked on base and oftentimes lived on base, and they'd get the Pentagon channel. So that really met the internal communications need. But the other half of the military, the Guard and Reservists, have regular jobs in, re- in communities. They're doctors and teachers and mechanics and lawyers and everything else. And when they go home at night, they do what all Americans do get on Twitter. No, they um, they turn on the TV, and so I said, "Gosh, you know, we really need to get cable and satellite distribution." And so they said, "All right, how do we do that?" And I said, "I, I don't know. I've never worked in the cable industry, <laughs> but it's business development and strategy, and that's what I like to do." So over the next couple of years, I uh, worked on getting the Pentagon Channel up and running in over 12 million households, did deals with all of the major cable and satellite companies, and um, it was a lot of fun. And then the tide started to change, and new media went in a different direction. Um, new media was no longer TV and cable. And so, you know, I like to be where the, where the new things are and uh, the innovation and the action. So I quickly was able to join up with the Emerging Media Directorate within the Department of Defense, originally called the New Media Directorate, and have been working with them on and off for the past couple of years, trying to figure out how do we do all this new stuff in the Department of Defense. Um, I guess I'll stop there for what you no, said. That was, that was good, uh, Maxine. It's Steve, uh, Steve Russler here. And, uh, fellow, fellow sociology uh, major oh. actually have a master's in sociology. That's how pathetic. That oh is. boy, you beat but, me. <laughs> um, one, I know one of the cool projects you're working on. Uh, there's a lot of great events uh, coming along in July. Um, yeah. I'm having a couple uh, parties. Me and Adriel are doing a Gov Loop Gov Two Club San Fran party on Tuesday, and we're doing one in D.C. with Peter Corbett on Thursday. And both of those uh-huh. are summer summer of Gov eventbrite.com and summerofgovsf.eventbrite. But I know one of the events you've been working on a lot is this Open Government Innovations Conference in, I guess, a week or two. So maybe you can yeah. tell our listeners a little bit about it and what, how you've been involved. Certainly. The Open Government Innovations Conference is one of a number of exciting Government 2.0 events in D.C. this summer. Um, it is One of the things that's very unique about this conference is that it, the content is being sponsored by the Department of Defense. So the office of the CIO, Dave Winogren's office, is helping to put together and really lead the content focus of the conference. And so it's very much in the spirit of Government 2.0, um, you know, having the agencies create the focus of the conference. Um, other... Uh, it's being the logistics are being handled by um, 1105 Government Information Group. They're the ones who do FOSI as well as about a hundred other uh, big and small conferences uh, focused on the government market. And also on board as kind of co-founders are AFCIA, NAPA, the National Academy of Public Administration, um, and I believe AFI, 
and uh, a number of terrific sponsors. The, the speaker lineup is what is probably most impressive. Uh, Vivek Kundra, Anish Chopra, uh, Tim O'Reilly. Uh, let's see who else is speaking. Well, and just a tremendous number of folks that you probably know if you're into Government 2.0. I think Lavisa Williams is talking about policy at Department of State. Uh, Mark Drapo and Lynn Wells are talking about uh, security. Um, and check it out, opengovinnovations.com. July 21st and 22nd. There are terrific discounts available still. If you want to go to the site and register, use my discount code. It's M-I-X-T, as in mixed media. Or you can use GovLoop. I think that's another one. <laughs> yeah, you can do that one too. No, I, I uh, look forward to it. And uh, it's kind of changing the convention DC. center. Sorry, yeah. it's the DC Convention Center. Should be a and, great uh, I'm I'm working on I'm going to be moderating a session about the culture of collaboration, and Steve is going to be one of the panelists on that panel. Yeah, great, so, uh, we know that Steve is the. Uh, Founder of GovLoop, one of the uh, one of the more successful Ning networks. Def- definitely uh, the most uh, interesting Ning network. I'll say. No, it, it, in the government space, it's been incredible in the relationships it's built. And uh, I was telling Steve uh, Maxine on a recent show that I met other folks in San Francisco working on open government initiatives through GovLoop, and they, mm-hmm. they walks away, and they're in you know. Uh, they're not in my particular agency, but they're in my city government structure. Yep. And it took GovLoop uh, and a year of me being active on GovLoop to actually bring us together. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, kind of one cool thing, and I'd like to kind of bring Bob back into this. Uh, what I've kind of found on, on GovLoop, but with Gov2O generally, is uh, the cross collaboration, not just federal, but with state and local municipalities. Um, something that people have always talked about for years. Um, and through these kind of new tools, it's given the opportunities for people to collaborate. So I know in the U.S. there's like a Munica group of a lot of municipalities. Uh, some of them are on Second Life and Twitter. And I know there's like a Canadian, some of the Canadians are out there as well. Um, what do you see, Bob, as uh, kind of out, out in Canada, the the collaboration between the municipalities and counties and the province level and the and the federal government and the use of the new tools. Gee, that's such a small question. I should be able to answer <laughs> seconds or less, eh? Uh, <laughs> this isn't Twitter. You can you can be more erudite than that. Yeah, right. Uh, no, that that that's a big question. And uh, where do I come in at, on it? That that's a difficult one. I, I, I think, first of all, one of the things that I'm interested in and, and one of the things that we don't find a lot of discussion about are, are cultural differences or cultural uh, the cultural diversity of, of uh, participants in uh, the Gov2.0 world. And uh, that happens not only internationally across borders, but uh, also, you know, within a country like Canada, uh, when we're talking senior governments, either uh, federal or, or provincial governments and uh, local governments. And here's a thesis. The larger the bureaucracy, 
the more dire the need for Gov 2.0. Uh, it, it's, there seems to be an inverse proportion uh, or, or inverse uh, relationship. Uh, for example, in my job, I see people every day, and uh, uh, I see my boss, the, the public, are, are, they walk by my office, uh, young and old. Uh, I'm really in touch with the people in my community on a, on a daily basis and, and in a very physical way. Uh, and that's something which the larger bureaucracies simply don't have the, uh, the, the flexibility, the nimbleness to be able to accommodate that. And, and, and as such, I think a lot of the senior levels of government are somewhat aspiring to uh, enjoy the genius of local government, and that is uh, intimate contact with, uh, with their constituents. And even when it comes to these camps, that Matt, like Maxine was talking about, there's a whole new movement uh, that I detect of live uh, events where people are not only occupying and, and sharing uh, the same space in the virtual world, but there's an enthusiasm, even a giddiness, about occupying and sharing a common physical space. And in some ways, that's a, you could call that a simulacrum of, of an ideal community. And I think that's why people are getting excited when they go to these events, is that they're meeting in person, in flesh and blood, people with similar interests, but they're also meeting in a, in a physical space. And that's what I enjoy every day when I go to work. Uh, I already have that, and that perhaps that's why I'm Mr. Lonely. Is is in the sense that Canada is a you know it's a big sprawling country, but it's small in the sense of of, of local communities. I do believe have uh, uh, superior opportunities and more frequent opportunities to see the people that they work for on on a daily basis. That said, it's not enough. And which is the reason why uh, uh, I'm so interested in, in uh, Gov 2.0 is that I think they can work in a kind of a complementary way, and uh, uh, it it hasn't happened here yet. Uh, we're 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 somewhat behind, although uh, where we were ahead was uh, having electronic election. Uh, we did help hold an electronic election so people could vote on the internet or or by phone uh, for their local council, and, and that was exciting. Uh, but at the same time, uh, people were showing up to the polls because they see it as a social event. Uh, so uh, to answer your question, I, I think uh, local government is, well, I'm biased, but that's where it's at. And I, and I think a lot of senior, senior government uh uh, people are discovering the the genius of local government, and it's something that we've always had, uh, you know, uh, relative to 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 the size of uh, of of the municipality. Obviously, a, a big city municipality would not have the same contact as a as a small town like I do. But uh, that's one of the reasons I I, I love small town uh, government is because uh, I get to wave to people. I see them every day, you know. I think think you've got a really good point about um, the social aspect. And people say, oh, all these people who are not familiar with 
social media in general talk about, oh, all these geeks online are making connections and, you know, rather than in the flesh. And I say, no, 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 social media is inherently social. The meetups and Gov2O camps and, uh, you know, just the smiles that you give people when you go down the street and when you actually know people in your community are very, very much a part of all this. An interesting experience of a month or so ago, I was at my uh, grad school reunion and it was the brand new opening of a brand new building and it was, I was, you know, everybody had on name tags and I knew a small number of people because it was many classes at this reunion. And I tweeted, I wish that I could see the metadata behind all these people because I don't know who would be quote unquote valuable or interesting or useful to talk to. Um, people who, it's just a, a sea of faces, right? And I mentioned this to my husband. He said, well, you know, even if they had a shirt on that said all, the, all of their keywords, you still wouldn't be able to get at what was, you know, who their sister-in-law was connected to, who could connect you, the, the multiple degrees of separation. That wouldn't be obvious from their individual metadata, I, I, for lack of a better term, I guess. And it's kind of interesting when you're in a social setting like like. A, like a local community or a, like election poll, the polls or something like that, where people come together around a similar interest and a, phys- and a physical location. Um, it almost is sort of a permission to speak to these to folks in a way that wasn't permissible before. Yes, that's know. right. And you're also, you're also in a position where you're speaking to people that you might not normally contact. Uh, Correct. You know, uh, whether we like it or not, uh, the Gov 2.0 occupies a, or constitutes itself somewhat something of a of a clique. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have another thesis that the, the Gov mm-hmm. 2.0 is mainly centripetal. In other words, we tend to spin around ourselves towards the center. Uh, the echo chamber. We, we tend to talk to one another. Uh, mm-hmm. The centrifugal right. movement, which is outwards towards the people, uh, yep. we're not we're not getting the same degree of engagement uh, from regular people like uh, the butcher. Uh, you know, if I mentioned to him what uh, let's talk about Gov 2.0, he might say, "Well, let's talk about flank steaks." Uh, you know, uh, it's is it really you know how deeply is it penetrating the the interests of of uh, regular citizens uh and are we still in a toddler stage I, I, that's one of the things i keep harping about in my my own twitter stream is i yeah. i believe we're in a we're a bit of a toddler stage with that we haven't it's too new it's too young uh that we're we're uh, and and that's one of the beautiful things about it is that uh uh, we're in a white period, a uh, uh, you know, stage of innocence, I, I believe. And I think well, one also, of the... Go ahead. Sorry. It's, uh, ahead. it's very much about show, don't tell. You know, I mean, yeah. if we just keep talking about it, here are the principles, here are the things we should do. It's important, and all of the information is out there, you know, in various blog articles and blog posts and tweet, Twitter stream and that kind of thing. But um, getting other folks, not that core, to experience government 2.0 and the community and connections and collaboration that it's all about because that's the point um i'm working on a project right now with a group of concerned citizens in the city of alexandria virginia so this is not an initiative that is sponsored by the city although the councilmen are involved in the initiative and and that type of thing um so it's kind of gov 2.0 but driven by the people and that it's um this group came together because they felt that the acute needs of the community are not being met, and they're 
where they are being met, the the you know things like hunger and homelessness and major acute needs, um, where they are being met, it's by the usual suspects, the regular group of volunteers, the people who head up these three major volunteer organizations, things like that. Those people are active, but their belief is that there is a way to mobilize the rest of the community, people who have never done anything volunteer and social action oriented through using Web 2.0 technologies. And so we're trying to create a solution that will enable citizen engagement um, yeah, and I think at all different about, levels. Yeah, what you're talking about is very important, Maxine, because I think you're on the verge of discussing outcomes. Yeah. Uh, what what this can actually do for people, uh, how it's making, how it could make people's lives better. That right now the emphatic focus is on in, inputs, on you know how much it costs, who's doing what, what tools do we have, uh, do you have a plan, what's your strategy? These are all inputs, and uh, naturally, like most government people, I, I think we and politicians especially, uh, they like to to remind people how much money they're spending on X project or or what kind of human resources they're putting into it. But when it comes to discussing outcomes, uh, it's a much lighter conversation. There's there's not as much uh, uh, stuff in it. But but what you're talking about is a, is is something where I think it, it, it needs to go, where, where the people uh, take the wheel and uh, and go from there. They decide the direction of Gov 2.0, not not us on the inside. But the challenge is, this is not the orientation that we all grew up with. I mean, right. you know, millennials or digital natives or whatever are much more accustomed to collaborating and sharing. But older generations, including myself, um, it's just, it's not your instinct. It's just, yeah. well, you know, I, I'm going to stay here in my home and I'm going to do what's right for me. And, uh, you know, to have that much more larger community this is a generalization of course a lot of people do have much more of a community focus but i think in general people are very self-focused and that's changing tremendously but to get people to make that mental shift and to be more open to collaboration is Mm -hmm. challenging yeah and that's a key point because i i think there's a there's a there's a big difference between the uh between the, the major participants in Gov 2.0, the, and I'm going to say the those who belong to the uh, to the historical trajectory of the Westminster system of government versus uh, say an American system, I I have found, and this, I'm only speaking anecdotally, but I have found that uh, my American counterparts are much more freely open about their political views uh, when they are working in government, whereas anonymity and uh, uh, staying in the background has always been an installed value in the Westminster system, where the giving of neutral advice by an anonymous bureaucracy is something that has been practically enshrined. And... That is that is deeply rooted. The idea of, of uh, say, in a ministry of defense or environment or whatever, that it's the political minister who is responsible uh, for his ministry, and everyone that works within that ministry is part of an anonymous machine. 
uh, and there's very good reasons for that, and, and that's so that uh, public servants aren't uh, paraded before uh, the public, uh, you know, through a political lynching mob that can point fingers and, and use public servants as scapegoats. And we're starting to see a few examples now of, of, of uh, you know, problematic areas where, and this is one of my main interests, in Gov 2.02 is the is the divide between the uh, political realm and the public administration realm, and I don't. It, it's a philosophical question. Uh, for me, politics is about winning and about debate and about strategic disclosure of information, uh, and it's done. Uh, uh, we hope for for all the right reasons, but on the other side, we have the public admin realm where uh, we're finding with Gov 2.0 that most of the participants are government workers. They're uh, the, the ones with the most to say, the ones that are building the architecture of Government 2.0 are government workers, not politicians. Uh, and I don't quite, I, it hasn't been squared in my mind how you, how you, 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 you balance those the, that divide between politics and administration. And I know, uh, Adriel, you've been on both sides of the fence, and I know that you must have an opinion on this. <laughs> but you have an opinion on this because you had to mount a rhetorical strategy for your, for your political campaign, and it had to be based on good timing, the release of information, uh, uh, the, the information that would put you in the best light for the, the voting public versus your public admin side, uh, and I you know I'd be curious to hear what what you thought about that. Well, I, I think you were uh, tweeting about one point that uh, actually you know for for uh, politicians to embrace some of this, it's like you know uh, we saw what happened to Jesus Christ, right? I think that's what you actually tweeted. About. <laughs> uh, um, but. The uh, there is a, a, a real difference, I think, as you said, in uh, trying to be brutally transparent and then, on the other hand, be strategic. And I don't think I or anyone else has figured it out yet. But I, I do think one of the things I talk about a lot, and it sounds like uh, Maxine thinks about it a lot, and I'm sure you and Steve think about it a lot, is uh, that we really have to model the behavior that we're trying to teach people. And some of that means, you know, being more uh, vulnerable about uh, our uh, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, you know, it's like that typical job interview question, you know, what are your weaknesses? And like, I'm too detail-oriented or whatever. Well, if you really engage in, in social media or uh, some of these other, uh, you know, open government-type uh, uh, cultural models that are in, kind of inherent in a move to a, to a government 2.0 uh, your real weaknesses become very apparent. You know, you can tell who's who's a little more uh, arrogant than they should be. Who's uh, you know sometimes not as timely as they could be. Uh, I, I, that one was apparent for me today. And um, so I. But how with the how would you feel about the the way the media is structured now as kind of a dare I say it, a gotcha model that government yeah, no, is no, terrified of making mistakes. And if you make the slightest slip-up, uh, you know, 
you're paraded before the public like a buffoon. Yeah, I think that that's a, a big issue. But I think, you know, I, I was a journalist for several years, as, as a lot of folks know. And if you look at what's happening to journalism, now journalism is just, just getting mauled. I mean, it's, it's you know, mm-hmm. government is 100 times more stable right now than the industry of journalism. So I think that, that perhaps that gotcha model is going to have to change somewhat. Uh, but absolutely, they said, I think they said that the first person who, you know, someone got caught sleeping, I think, in the House of Representatives uh, on right. video uh, during a committee meeting or something, and there was a big hullabaloo, and they said, well, once they realize that everybody falls asleep in committee meetings once in a while, uh, it won't be as big a deal. So there's going to be a just as there is with any major change, there's going to be a lot of pain associated with a shift from a very, um, you know, defensive, strategic information-sharing model to a much more open and collaborative information-sharing model. As a, um, you know, as a candidate, I've seen, uh, and, you know, before that, for the several months before I was uh, engaged in the political arena and working on government 2.0 issues, people are hungry, I think, for that kind of uh, dialogue with their public officials in, in a more, you know, the humanization of, of public officials. Now, I think that the problem you hit on that, that is more difficult is, you know, how do you keep uh, average public servants from being politicized and then, uh, you know, seen as, as their jobs not being neutral or not being responsive to the taxpayer? Um, that that is a big challenge. But as far as people wanting this, I think they're there. And I um, I can make one more point and then maybe hand it over to Maxine to see what kind of response she gets from, from the public. But uh, right around the beginning of this radio show uh, a few months back, uh, some friends and I locally did a, uh, a Citizen 2.0 training. And uh, one of the guys was a PR guy and was actually able to get a little news story about it in the, one of the local papers. And we had uh, a fairly good turnout. Uh, I would say we probably had 30 people over the age of 50 there to learn about uh, social media. And so okay. I think that people are very interested in, you know, how do we get more connected with our communities? Not, not everyone. You know, some people do just want to stay behind, uh, you know, a locked door and watch TV. But there's a lot of people who want to be engaged, who want to deal with social issues, who want to grow their businesses using more collaborative models who are interested in interacting more with their government and uh, and our kind of nuclear families and, uh, you know, highway society uh, that we developed over the past uh, few generations in America. And, and I think any, you know, Western mode of living has really disconnected people uh, in a way that I think a lot of people are ready to go back to, to more tribal uh, relationships. I think that that's kind of one of the theses of... Uh, one of Seth Godin's books. But, Max, what do you see? Um, no, I think that's fascinating. And I did the, uh, gov- the Citizen 2.0 training that you did. Was that, tell me, give me a little more background on that. So, we basically um, just advertised that we were going to teach people how to use huh. uh, social media to be more engaged citizens. And I don't know if we even used the term social media, but we used Web 2.0. We mm-hmm. uh, taught people about Yelp, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, I'm trying to think if we did LinkedIn. I believe we did. Uh, so we used several of these kind of more popular Web 2.0 social tools. And then, you know, we did a, a, a slideshow presentation, uh, some uh, discussion, Q&A, and 
uh, and then followed up by there's actually, I think it's, um, if you search for Citizen 2.0 on Facebook, we actually started a group where we put up the, the videos and, you know, dip in to answer questions if people have them. And it it's definitely true that you can teach people, you know, and they have to really jump in and learn it themselves. You can't automatically, you know, create someone who's good at social media. I think it takes a lot of uh, uh, practice and uh, error. But uh, it, it was very interesting to me, the demographic that came. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't like you had a bunch of Facebook folks who all of a sudden thought, wow, I want to use this in government. I think you had more folks who were saying, well, I've got a home business, or, oh, I have a consulting company, or, oh, I'm politically active, or I like to go talk to the city council. How should I be using these things? And I think that a lot of the power of uh, Government 2.0 has got to be citizen-led. You know, it's, it's the same thing where we deal with in the, in the political system is a lot of officials, they're open to new ideas, but they're not necessarily going to change unless there's a real impetus from the citizenry. Because uh, why would you do something uh, as, a, as an elected official, for example, if the uh, citizenry wasn't demanding it? Because it's going to be uh, really a waste of your time and effort if, if what you're doing is trying to be responsive to the people who are asking you to do that. That's fascinating. Um, I mean, it's really sort of civics 2.0, right? I I think that teaching people to use the tools and technologies is definitely an important step in it. But so often people think it's about the tools and technologies. Okay, now I know how to use Twitter and I know how to use Yelp and so I'm I'm good to go. But it's still that, that mental shift, that cultural shift of engagement and participation and collaboration and all the other good things that Obama talked about in the transparency memo. Um, I think that, you know, you talk about how do you fix the educational system? Well, you know, you have to start with, it starts with uh, early early grades and things like that. It's the same type of thing that you just, it's teaching people to be engaged citizens from the time that they're children. And the idea of, inter- of including that type of thing in curriculum for kids and teaching them how this how all the stuff that they're doing regularly with their friends connects them to their communities and to their governments. Um, because they're not going to learn that from their parents unless their parents are like us, <laughs> already engaged. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah one interesting thing uh, was uh, Andy Oram from O'Reilly Media recently did a blog post where he talked about government 2.0 being the last 2,500 years in government, basically starting back, I guess, with Athenian democracy. And that was an interesting concept is that basically what we're doing with these tools is really trying to, to some extent, restore our democracy mm-hmm. in, in letting more people be engaged. And, Bob, that was a great point about uh, how large governments have so much to learn from, from small local governments. And these tools, I think, allow uh, a much more small-town model for, for large government. It's just going to – there's going to be some pain and some real – uh, lessons learned and, and mistakes made, I'm sure, through transition. But, and yet, I think that, me, I think they, that um, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, just very quick. I think that large governments are skeptical that they, oftentimes skeptical that they have much to learn from small governments. Oh, you know, those are the state and local people. You know, oh, that's little government. We in the federal agencies um, kind of have a, you know, we're, we're the big government. We're the real, this is harder, you know. But I think you're exactly right. It's learning from the little guys. One of the things that uh, that interests me uh, about your last bit of uh, discussion here, Adriel, was the, uh, 
what we might call a collaboration or consensus model. <clears throat> and I think it begs a, a philosophical interrogation uh, when we're talking about democracy, because when a lot of what you're talking about and a lot of what Gov2 is talking about is we have to ask, is this a, in tune with the democratic model? Uh, for me, there's tension there because <clears throat> democracy is about difference. It's about uh, pluralism. It's about uh, uh, not public opinion, but public opinions. And uh, the way we operate our governments now is, is uh, through debate and defeat. Uh, we, you know, the best arguments with the most votes win. And there are hegemonic struggles. There are political struggles. Those are the realities. Uh, and uh, we come to the table not really building consensus through our political systems, through our political democratic systems. Uh, they come through struggle and battles on the field. And uh, this is something where I'm saying, I'm wondering how will Gov 2.0 check in on things like that? Uh, you know, where does Gov 2.0 bridge the ethnic divide, uh, the class struggle, uh, the confrontational uh, judicial system, the adversarial nature of parliament? Uh, you know, how do we how do we address those things? And I don't have the answer. <laughs> But uh, this is this is to just simply place in contrast in contrast or in in contraposition to the idea of I think Gov 2.0 begins with an assumption that consensus and participation is the way we solve problems. Okay, and yeah. we're out of time. I apologize. Oh, thank that's you, okay. Bob Ashley, and thank you, uh, Maxine Teller, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, and Great now uh, the show is uh, not streaming, but we can um, <laughs> believe that on the podcast it will continue to record, and oh, okay. we can give a um, just a shout out to uh, for folks who listen before uh, Tuesday and Thursday to uh, summerofgov.eventbrite.com and uh, summerofgovsf eventbrite. Uh, excuse me. SummerofGovSF.eventbrite.com. Those are the two uh, GovLoop first anniversary uh, events in San Francisco and D.C. And um, also, uh, Maxine, where can folks read more of your writing? Um, my uh, MixedMediaStrategies.com, M-I-X-T MediaStrategies.com. Thanks. Great. And if, also check out OpenGovInnovations.com if you want to go to the conference in D.C. July 21st, 22nd. And Bob, uh, do you uh, do a blog? Or I know you're B Ashley on Twitter. But you no, have... that I leave it at that. I don't have time for any more than that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my outlet. Anyway, okay. great to meet you, Maxine. Uh, great, great to meet you, too, Bob. Look forward to following you on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. Fine. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Steve. I'll put the fire out now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I saw him from over there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye, bye folks. Bye.